What's up, guys? I'm Chad Brock. I'm Zach Bailiff. Welcome to the Orion Podcast, episode two. What is up, everybody? It's been two weeks. It's been a long two weeks, man. It felt like... Uh, it seems uh, like it went pretty quick. Well, yeah, you was at Disneyland. I, I wouldn't even get that. Wasn't on that ride. <laughs> um, but yeah, two weeks. It's uh, happy 2-22 or 22. Whatever. Um, so we're back. We've got an awesome, awesome guest tonight. We're fired up about it. We're gonna, probably going to learn some stuff tonight because, man, we definitely need to learn some stuff. So without this is new territory for us, new territory for us. What does a bass fisherman and a bow hunter have in common with this guy? Quite a bit, actually. <laughs> so without further ado, our guest tonight is a world champion freestyle kayaker, six time national champion. I mean, that's Michael Jordan stuff. Six times champion, Michael Jordan, uh, an athlete all around philanthropist host of the art of awesome podcast all around family man and his new show the great family adventure without further ado nick troutman (laughs) (laughs) jerry jerry I think I need Literally. Chad to like travel around with me as my hype man or something like that. <laughs> just, just to make introductions. Just to make <laughs> just introductions. Just to make introductions. That's what wow, I'm good I don't at. know if I've if I've ever heard my intro listed with so many <laughs> titles of of sorts. I'm like, wow. Wonder who's all the accolades. About. You're gonna have to slow down, man. I even threw Michael Jordan in there six times. Six yeah, I was like, I don't know if I can compare to him, but yeah. He's sitting back there. He's sitting back in the green room going, man, I wonder who their guest is. This guy's awesome. Yeah, he's <laughs> smoking cigars, though. Yeah. Smoking cigars and a pair of gold shoes. <laughs> oh, man. So how are you doing tonight, Nick? How is uh, how is beautiful Rock Island, Tennessee this fine day? <clears throat> well, I am doing uh, fantastic. Thanks for asking. As far as Rock Island, we're, we are getting slammed with rain right now, which is awesome for the rivers. Um, not as ideal if I'm trying to build a deck out there, but as far as the rivers are running, uh, Dave and I went and did some laps. Actually, Clay came out with us too. We did did a couple laps of the falls today, and then if the rain keeps up, hopefully, uh, hopefully some awesome rivers will be running for tomorrow too. But, but yeah, life is good here in Rock Island. Absolutely. How are you guys man. doing? Doing good, man. Doing good, man. Spent the weekend with Clay actually, so that's a uh, small world. Yeah, small I, jackson I world. Yeah. small yeah. jackson world um 
so man, let's let's jump into this. Let's jump into this. I got I got questions, and I don't feel like we're gonna get it in an hour. There's just there's <laughs> much to talk about. So I want to go. Let's get deep, man. Let's let's go back to when you were a kid, 13 years old. Before before you moved to the states, before all that, how did this how did this happen? How does a kid living in Beachburg up there in Canada? How do you how does kayaking find you? How does this all start? Yeah, I mean, great question. Um, <clears throat> wow thinking back, how does it all start? Um, I guess it was, yeah, I was about 13 and, um, pretty, <laughs> pretty much into like all sorts of different sports, any sport that I could really get my hands on. Um, and ironically, yeah, I just, I always thought like I wanted to be a professional athlete. I'd like pick up a tennis racket and I'd be like, I'm going to be a professional tennis player. My brother would be like, you've never played tennis in your life. You don't even know how the game works. So I'm like, <laughs> you're right. Maybe I should be a professional basketball player. Like I just, like I kept wanting to like switch sports and like, anyway, I got into, um, skateboarding and snowboarding, uh, through my friend, my best friend, Joel Kowalski. Um, and then we had hung out, we played hockey, we had done all sorts of stuff together, but we were getting like super close, like hanging out all the time and skiing and snowboarding all the time and skateboarding in his barn. We built this cool, like little, little skate park in his barn and he was like oh man summertime's coming around I'm, i don't think we're gonna be able to hang out very much um i'm gonna go learn how to kayak at my dad's kayak school ottawa kayak school up on the ottawa <clears throat> and i was like oh i was kind of bummed i was like man like you know my, my partner in crime so to say is gone um and he's like well you can come like learn to kayak with me if you want and i was like yeah sure sweet i've got like <clears throat> you know last summer before high school I've got nothing else to do. So, I mean, I had a summer jobs and stuff, but I guess I was just like, yeah, as far as like what I'm going to do with my summertime, I had no idea. And so I went to learn how to kayak with them. And literally within 15 minutes, I was just so enamored with the sport and just like fully fell in love. Like they showed me the sport. They showed me these tiny boats. Cause I'm thinking probably what most people think when they, you know, here kayaking, like long pointy boats and they just like, you know, drift or float down the river. And so that's kind of what I'm thinking. And I get there and there's these like freestyle kayaks and they're surfing and they're doing tricks and all this stuff. And I was like, whoa, this sounds, you know, incredible. And you're rolling. And anyway, it just, the whole thing was, was very exciting for me. And, um, and yeah, I just, I fully fell in love and was just like as addicted as addicted gets. Like it, I couldn't, that after that first day I went home and I couldn't even sleep. I was just like running, running it through my head all night long. And then after the whole week, I think I ended up doing three weeks that summer. And then I started high school and I went to high school. And if you ask any of my friends that I went to high school with, they, they'd probably laugh, <clears throat> but I would do like everything had to do with kayaking. I'd be in like science class and I would like raise my hand and, and get called upon. I'm like, so I've got a question. doesn't really have to do with the topic that we're learning, but if I was to build a kayak made of diamonds, would I be able to run a lava waterfall? And they would be like, what are you talking about? Like, and then and just every, every class just had to do with kayaking. And, um, I would in art class, I would like draw kayaking all the time. And eventually my art teacher told me I had to stop drawing kayak pictures and I kept doing it. And yeah, just like I was, I just, yeah, I fell in love and I was addicted and, uh, through kayaking, it has taken me 
you know, around the world and back. And, and I've met so many incredible people and, and friendships have been formed and so much adventure. And yeah, I, I mean, through, through kayaking essentially is how I met Emily. We got married, we've got kids, we still go on adventure. So it, it truly has, you know, changed and molded my entire life for sure. So, so when you look at it and you, and you look back and you're thinking back, was there, was there a specific trick that you pulled or, or anything that just was like, that's it? Like, as in when I fell in love with it? I mean, yeah. <clears throat> definitely um, the whole thing, like as soon as I saw some of the instructors doing some tricks, like I think it was probably just like a flat water cartwheel or something pretty right. basic. And, and, uh, and I was like, whoa, that looks awesome. But it was kind of like the same time I first saw someone do like an ollie on a skateboard where I was like, okay, this is cool. Um, and then I think by the end of the day, or maybe it was anyway, sometime, sometime by the end of the day, we got to try a roll and I was like, pick me, pick me. Like I want to learn first. And I think I learned how to roll in 15 minutes. And then it was just like that. Then I was set. You know what I mean? I was like, Roll, okay, yeah. I'm in. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, once you got the roll, I mean, you're, you're pretty, pretty well off it, for the most part. It helps. You? It yeah. helps a lot for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you land here, you're, you're with the Jackson family, you know, what's that like as far as you, you know, you've, you've already accomplished some things on your own up, up North. And now here you are, you're, you're living here, you know, Jackson kayaks growing at the time and, and you're immersed into this whole, this whole new world. I mean, what is that like as a a kid? I mean, so to start off, it wasn't, it wasn't just, you know, Jackson kayak and the Jacksons and everything like EJ was, you know, he was bigger than anything in my mind at the time. It was like, he was, you know, my idol. Um, and he was definitely the Michael Jordan of my life. Do you know what I mean? Um, right. and so to be, to be invited, first of all, to go and, and, um, to kind of train under him. And to just essentially also not just to train under him, but have the opportunity to kind of go kayaking in places that I'd never been because I really hadn't even left the Ottawa River or the Ottawa Valley as far as my kayaking has gone. And um, to go and explore and to just kind of like almost get a taste of this lifestyle that I always like wished, you know, oh, wouldn't it be so cool to grow up and be like a professional kayaker and travel the world? And so just to be invited with them. it was, it was a, I'm, I'm going to try not to get emotional, but it was, it was a pretty amazing thing. And, uh, and one, I was just completely honored that I was invited. And then uh, two, I was at the time I was think 16 or something. I was still to this day, kind of flabbergasted uh, that my parents let me take a semester off school and go and go kayaking. Like who, who, who lets their kids do that? Do you know what I mean? And, and, oh, yeah. Um, my parents were super supportive and, and they did it. And obviously I still had to do the whole schoolwork and all that kind of stuff on the side, but just the fact that they were very supportive of, of, you know, obviously a passion of mine and dreams of mine to go do that was incredible. And then once I got here, um, I was just super focused on kayaking. So I, and, and I was trying to provide as much value as I could. Cause I, I knew that, you know, if I want to hang around, I've got to do something to, to be valuable to this whole situation. So if, um, 
if dishes needed to be done, I would, I would try to jump up and wash the dishes. Or if, if we needed to tie the boats on the roof, I would try to, you know, run out and tie the boats on the roof. And just like, I was constantly trying to provide as much value as I could. And interestingly enough, like you hear that a lot nowadays, especially in business or entrepreneurship or any of that kind of stuff, like, oh, provide value. Like that's what you need to do to succeed. And there was, there was just a lot of stuff that I did when I was 16 that I, I didn't really know to do it other than just, I don't know, it, it kind of just fell that way. Like I, I felt like I needed to, do you know what I mean? Um, so it wasn't like I was being coached necessarily to, to like provide value or do these things or whatever. I was just, I legitimately was honored to be in the situation that I was in and wanted to learn as much as I could. And, and yeah, so I, I traveled around with them for, I don't know, two, three months, something like that. And, and was go kayaking with EJ. Like I had a rule to myself. This was like my own personal rule. Like if EJ is going kayaking, I'm going kayaking. Like I'm I'm not going right. to miss a single opportunity to learn from this guy. And, and then Dane regularly would come with us. Um, pretty much always came with us. I think there was maybe like one or two sessions ever where it was like too cold and he didn't come, but I think he was like 10 at the time. So you got to give him a break. But, um, and then Emily would come out all the time too. And he ironically on day one, EJ came and had had like a talk with me and he's like, Hey, so uh you can come and and train and, and kayak with me here. Um but you can't date my daughter. Like and, and I was like, dude, trust me, like I'm I'm not here to date your daughter. I'm here to go kayaking and, and learn. And um ironically, like a couple of years later, I had to go and, and tell him. I was like, Hey, so you know that deal. <laughs> yeah, I think I like might I might have to change some things up because I really want to date your daughter. But um, <laughs> anyway, I was just really honored, honestly, to to have the situation that was in front of me. And yeah, that's from there, like my skills obviously got a lot better from learning from, you know, one of the greatest kayakers of all time, especially at that time. Um, and yeah, I went home back to the Ottawa that summer. And that's when it was most apparent to me because I'm paddling with all these amazing people because I, I also got to be introduced to like the Jake and Cades of the world, Stephen Wright, Clay Wright, um, all these top people, T uh, Teo Berman. Um, j I would just get to go to these events and, and paddle and compete against, you know, the best of the best, Dustin Urban. Um, and and so I go home. And, and by the way, when I'm going to these events at the 16 year old, I'm losing, I'm losing all this. Like, I'm not very good. You know what I mean? Um, but I'm trying to learn. And so when I go back to the Ottawa, that's when, that's when it was like more apparent and obvious, like, oh my gosh, I, I did get a lot better because now I'm going back paddling with all my, you know, good friends and everybody that I'm used to paddling with. And it's like, oh, I think my skills may have sharpened a little bit. Like I got a lot better. So that was pretty cool. And um, and then from there, I, I guess I had it, I provided enough, you know, value or, or they liked me enough that, uh, that they kind of kept inviting me back. And, you know, after a couple of years, then Emily and I started dating and, and then, yeah, we eventually, you know, get married, have a couple kids, build a house next door, that kind of thing. So, yeah. And a picket fence made out of kayaks. <laughs> Pretty much. That, that was the, that's the short version. I don't even want to tell you the long version. <laughs> that's for another podcast later. Yeah, maybe maybe another episode. Yeah, maybe another episode. But you know, I mean, that's I man, that's a lot of training, a lot of commitment. Um, at uh, at that age, you know, I can remember going to football practice. Zach, uh, he was a soccer kid. 
And, you know, it was like, we just want to go ride dirt bikes or we just, we didn't want to put in as kids. And I, I still think even more today, you know, that practice and, and training, man, is, is just, that's a big commitment for a 16 year old kid, especially when there's girls around. <laughs> well, ironically, I mean, I just wasn't at the time. I just wasn't that interested in the girls. I mean, I was, but it was like, I was way more interested in kayaking. Like what you said, you, you wanted to not go to football practice because you wanted to go ride dirt bikes. I wanted to, I gave up. I was into baseball in the summertime. I, I just dropped that after like a couple, I think two weeks of kayaking. And I was like, baseball's out. Um, I still did rugby in the fall a little bit because I thought that was pretty cool. And, and, um, and I just like tackling people or, or stuff like that. I don't know. There was something about rugby that was pretty fun. And then hockey we did in the wintertime because you weren't kayaking in the wintertime because the rivers froze. But, um, yeah, I mean, there just, there was no training. Like that's, that was the, there was no like physical training for me. It was just like, I couldn't wait to go to the river. Like it, I don't even know how you'd explain it other than, yeah, I mean, I was, I was fully addicted to kayaking for sure. Nice. Nice. I didn't go to practice, by the way, there was a couple of times I missed and it kind of ended after <laughs> freshman year. That's another well, story. Like, <laughs> like you said, I mean, for, you know, for us with, you know, growing up hunting and fishing and trying to work in sports all around that we I think we were so involved in so many different things from the word go. I mean, shoot, we started playing basketball at five and, you know, soccer at six and, you know, growing up hunting with that, just so many things going on. I don't feel like there was that much time left over to focus on one specific thing because we wanted to do all the things, you know, so Chasing squirrels. where you had that. Yeah. I mean, you know, and just trying to stay involved and occupied and, and just, you know, make friends and learn all the life skills that come with all those, all those team sports. But I think, you know, where you realized early on, Hey, this is, this is it. This is what I want to do. You know, then you start getting to the 10,000 hour rule and trying to perfect your craft. And I, it, the revolt, the results obviously speak for themselves, but now, yeah, <clears throat> sorry, keep going. No, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I'm just going to say, yeah. I mean, like it, it, again, it, looking back, it's easy to kind of, to reflect back and be like, yeah, that's how it all worked. And you know, that's how you build those 10,000 hours and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I, I was just in love with the sport. I mean, I just wanted to go, I just wanted to do it. It was never like, Ooh, I'm training or, Ooh, you know, I need to get my, my reps in or my 10,000 hours in or anything like that. I I've heard right. of like a uh, Mike, Michael Phelps, for instance, he's, you know, obviously the, the most winning Olympian that there's ever been. And he's done, you know, that what way more than the 10,000 hours he's done way more, you know, training reps and stuff like that than any athlete, especially in swimming at the time. But when you talk or when you listen to him do interviews now, like it was a training session and he, he hated it. Mm -hmm. And that's why like he eventually retired and was over it. Like for me, I, I loved it. I, I couldn't wait to go, you know, get off the bus and go kayaking or, or do whatever, like, you know, work at Burger King to save up some money. So I could go on a trip to go kayaking or just like different things like that. It was always like, there was just so much passion and love for it that it, it never, never felt like, you know, work or training or anything like that. And then, as far as the 10,000 hour rule goes, I mean, I guess that's just, that it was like a byproduct of, of just the passion, I guess. Right. And I think a lot of a lot of what probably 
lends itself to that. Just looking at something like whitewater kayaking versus, you know, more of a team sport where you're, you know, you're running drills, you're, you know, you got scheduled practice every day. It's a little bit, it's structured a little bit different. You know, it's more of a, you know, just an outdoor activity to go do with your buddies. And the next thing, you know, you know, you guys are trying tricks or, you know, learn how to do different things and, and it just kind of lends itself to. Yeah. I never, I never thought about it that way, but I think you're totally right where it lends itself to more of a, more of a passion that doesn't feel like drills. Like, I I don't know about for you, Zach, you bow hunt, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so when, when you're out there and, and you're, you know, slinging arrows, I, I doubt that you're thinking like, oh, I need to put my, you know, my training in. Like, maybe it's just like, my brother, he's a big bow hunter as well. And the way that he explains mm-hmm. it to me is it's almost like a, a meditative thing where he's just like, he wants to go and just, you know, shoot arrows. And he likes like, you know, you're aiming for that bullseye or whatever. And it's just, you get in the zone, right? And it's just this kind of like, I don't know, a fun thing versus, because I did a lot of the team sports too. And, I, and I, I've done the drills and, and it was different. It was totally a different experience. So I, I never thought about it that way of how maybe, you know, one, maybe the solo sports are, are more likely to tend to something like that, or maybe just the fact that it's less organized um, almost fosters passion differently than maybe like a, a more organized sport. I don't know. You're, you're getting me to think about things that I haven't thought about before. Yeah, I, I would, I think I would so. tend to agree with that. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree with that, you know, is like you're talking, I mean, being out in the kayak, you're by yourself, uh, fishing. Most generally you're, you're by, you're off by yourself. You may have your buddies out there somewhere on the lake with you or a river. Uh, and then, you know, hunting, I mean, it, there's something, there's something about that, you know, just solitude. You really, like you said, I mean, you're just really not thinking about it. You're just kind of in the zone with what you're doing and that rhythm natural rhythm takes over to where you're just you're having fun yeah yeah i mean it's you know teams to to kind of dwell on a little more i guess going back to like team sport practices you know coaches and and the whole structure of it you know the the part we look forward to the most was the scrimmage at the end of practice where we just got to go play you know and and interact and and learn new things kind of in the moment out of necessity versus you know this drill working on hard skills which are you know obviously necessary as well but i think there's a there's a lot to be said for guys who just you know grow up playing pickup games and and things of that nature and you know as far as as bow hunting goes and just shooting i mean shoot chad and i have shot you know a lot of 3ds and indoor tournaments and and those are you know those are a blast to go shoot with buddies and be able to talk on the line but man when the when the clock starts and then i mean you could hear a pin drop in there everybody gets quiet and it's just, it's you and your mind and thinking about executing the perfect shot and, you know, each of your steps. And there's, there's something therapeutic about it all, you know? Yeah. A hundred percent. Couldn't agree more. So now talking about, talking about the youth of America, this, this kind of takes me into <laughs> this, the youth of America. Now you, dude, you're one of the most positive people that I've had the privilege to know. Um, you, you you always present everything in a positive light, which is the way I try to be, do it. I'm I always look at anything that I post or, or do. I try to think out of it as my mom's watching. <laughs> Simple <laughs> enough, you know. Be yeah. good. Don't embarrass your family. Don't 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 embarrass yourself. 
um, mm-hmm. out there on, on the social media. But, you know, there, there are a lot of kids out there that, that watch um, people like yourself um, that are out there and, and doing things, especially in today's world where we've got the reels. Um, you know, we've got TikTok and all this, all these video assets that are just out there. I mean, that's that is one way, something that we didn't have growing up that, man, if they see you or Dane or Clay or any of you going down the falls or, or just whatever. And that just, it grabs them. I mean, when we're seeing it um, through some of our, you know, numbers and stuff like that, just how many people are just glued to it. To, they have to see it. I mean, do you think about the next Nick Troutman, the next, do oh, you have, does that ever weigh on you out there that, that there's this random kid sitting in Missouri that's going, I'm going to be that guy. <laughs> I, I, <clears throat> Yeah. So I've, I've thought about being, you know, somewhat influential before. I've definitely never thought of like, who's the next Nick Troutman. I don't know why that thought has certainly never crossed my mind (laughs) before. Um, But, but as far as like influencing youth and stuff like that. So I grew up learning to kayak with this, with this uh, youth kayak program called the Keener program. And from a young age on, I started actually helping coach and teach it. And so I've been, I've been introduced into the world of, of teaching and influencing youth, especially, you know, 13 to to 17 year olds um, from a young age. And and for a long time now, I I don't even know, it's been a decade and a half of kind of uh, teaching and coaching with uh with the Keener program. And so I've definitely spent a lot of time thinking about how, you know, my actions and the words that I say and, and how I carry myself and all that stuff, how that can influence others. Um, as far as social media goes, I mean, yeah, we live in a world where now everything is, uh, everything is recorded and it's not just recorded like, uh, like, you know, how your mom used to have a, a V8, you know, track t- type oh, yeah. thing or home video. Like my mom, my mom made home videos of us. That was recorded. This is like recorded for everybody to watch indefinitely for the end Forever. of time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like this, right. like my great, 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 great grandchildren could watch content of me, you know, as long as the world hasn't exploded by then. Um, and um, yeah. So, I mean, I just, I, I think that it, not even that it like weighs on me. I just, I want to be respectful. And, and I do know that, you know, that, that younger generations will look up, you know, what, who knows whether they look up to me or not. I have no clue. I don't know. I I, I don't know if I'm hip, cool swag. I, actually one time I was teaching Keeners and they were talking about <laughs> swag and I'd never heard the word. I was like, what the heck are you guys even talking about? Like anyway, so there's all sorts of stuff where I'm just like, I, I don't know what that is. Um, but, but I just want to be respectful and, and, and encouraging more than anything because when I was that, you know, youth, when I was a teenager, I had so many top athletes that were respectful to me and encouraging to me that, that I want to, you know, pass it forward as much as I can. And on top of that, I've got, you know, I've got children now too, Chad, and, um, and I want to be a good example for them. I think any, any father, any parent likely feels the same where they want to be, you know, a good example um, for their children. And, and so I've got a son and a daughter and, and it, 
I don't know if that makes it easier or harder, but I feel like I've got to be, you know, a respectful man in the, in, in both the eyes of what my son sees as a man and what my daughter sees as a man. And so I don't know that more than anything, I just try to do my best and, and trust me, I'm far from perfect and I make lots of mistakes along the way, but I try the best that I can to learn from them. And, and uh, just encouragement, honestly, I think that's such a big part, especially for the youth. Um, I think everyone uh, likes and appreciates and needs encouragement, but I think those teenage years more than anything, it's, it's pretty important. Right, right, definitely. And, um, you know, it is there are kids out there watching you man don't even worry about that they're proud of everybody's <laughs> it's just it's cool man and you know to see to see the videos if you're flipping through tiktok and see how many people are sharing your guys' stuff I, it's it's very cool man very cool yeah oh, we're having know, it's, we're having fun leading by example i mean especially being a professional in the industry you're in i mean good grief there's a lot of professional athletes out there and we know a lot of them probably don't think as much about how they're representing themselves and their team and and maybe others as as they probably should but there you know there's a group yourself included that you know leading by example and and keeping it clean and you know trying to be set a good example and and show these kids you know what it means to to be a good individual and you know be positive and and optimistic and having that outlook on life's an awesome thing so now When we're when we're talking about your social media, we know you're a GoPro athlete. Um, so what does what do you carry? You know, I mean, is, are you carrying one GoPro? What all do you have? With, what are you <laughs> stuffing in your rock star to make this this stuff happen, man? Um. Yeah. Wow. Well, I got into video making when I was super young. Again, back when I was on the Ottawa, probably probably uh 13 14 in the early early years we would just um carry around you know videos actually it started even before i got into kayaking i was i was kind of into film film stuff and just like making making goofy home videos and stuff like that but then once kayaking came about it was like oh this is actually pretty interesting and and cool and you know maybe somebody might want to watch this um and then social media came and that obviously changed the whole game for sure. I had made like a couple actually old school, you know, DVDs. I, I don't even know if many of the audience even knows or remembers what a DVD was. Um, but oh, we know what DVDs but, are. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so I was always kind of into, into like nowadays we call it like creating content, but I was just into filming and, and documenting more than anything. Uh, as far as what I carry out on the river, um, I mean, I've got a lot of GoPros. I've got GoPros here on my desk. Um, I've got a, a GH4 that I take sometimes with me. I've got drones that I take sometimes. It really depends on what what the focus is. If we're going to like actually shoot a project, um, if we're going to you know shoot photos for a magazine, and obviously we're going to you know do something differently. Um, if we're just kind of going out like today, we just went out uh, just for a couple laps. I told Dane, I was like, hey, I got to go do some work this afternoon. You want to go, you know, do a couple laps of the falls and message Clay. And so I bring a GoPro. I pretty much I I try never to leave the house without a GoPro because of the fact that I think, um, one, you know, you can shoot incredible photos and video with them. Um, but two, the fact that I'm just so into documenting stuff. 
um, that it, it's, it's like having, you know, a camera that I can just put in, in the pocket of my life jacket. I could leave it on my helmet. It's just kind of always there and ready. Um, and just with, you know, a click of a button, if like an eagle swoops down and, you know, catches a fish and I'm like, oh my gosh, can you believe this? Like, I want to press record. Like, there's just so many, I couldn't tell you how many moments I've had and I've been blessed where I've just, you know, but I think many of us have had opportunities where just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that just happened. That was incredible. Um, and so even if it's just me sharing it with, with my children, with my wife, um, or throwing it up on social media. It's something that I, that I try is to minimum kind of always have at least, uh, at least a GoPro with me again, whether or not I use it, it depends, but, uh, just to have it there in case I want to, I think is better than not having it and wish you would have brought it. And, and I've had those days before too. So that's why I try my best to always bring it nowadays, but yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. It's, you know, you can almost never leave the house without a camera, especially if you're going, you know, on some sort of adventure, whether it's checking trail cameras, going bass fishing, hitting the, hitting the river, it's, you got to have it with you. So there's always yeah, something and I to mean, take photos of. Technology's advanced so far in the last couple of years. Like the GoPros, like this thing is so small. I could just like easily throw it in, you know, a pocket or a pouch or something like that. Um, or leave it on my helmet, obviously. But even like the iPhones nowadays, like one, you take great photos and video with them. You could put that in your pocket too. Like there's just, there's so many ways nowadays that we can, we can bring cameras with us that when I was younger, it just didn't, that wasn't the case. Like you actually had to carry, you know, this you big bulky thing. <laughs> I've got yeah. some, some photos. I'd have to try to find it of like this huge camera in a waterproof case. That's like oh, man. attached to my helmet. And yeah, it was super funny and goofy looking, but it was like pre GoPro era. And, uh, anyway, it was, yeah, to totally different back in the day for sure. How much Which is even funny. did that thing have as you're going <laughs> through the water? Well, the, it the definitely photo, affected I'm, the center I'm of gravity. My head my head is like tilted in the photo because the camera weighs so much that I'm like tilted over. Yeah. Anyway, I wish I could just find it right now and share it with you guys. I'll try to, I'll try to dig it up, but yeah. Nice. Nice. So for why, why we're in the middle of this, we want to remind you one thing, this podcast, this podcast right here is powered by none other than Jackson kayak. And we thank Jackson kayak for their hard hard work on this and uh we appreciate them um so with that we would like to also in encourage and remind our our viewers of the podcast get them questions ready get the questions ready we've got five questions with nick coming up here towards the end so let's let's jump back into this let's jump back into this the, the advertising part's over five questions is coming up let's, <laughs> let's move on let's move on so Obviously, we've talked a little bit about uh, about the kids, Tucker and Parker. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I know I know as myself as a dad, uh, we've talked a little bit about riding dirt bikes and stuff like that. And, and you know, there was a moment for me, I, I think, when my my approach and my thinking changed after I had kids. Um, is that something that's happened to you? I mean, has has having has having the kids there changed your approach to whitewater kayaking? I mean, definitely. So it it, it has, and it it also hasn't. I, I remember early on when when uh, so when Tucker, my first born, uh, when he was born, and I was only a father of one, 
I remember people telling me like, oh, now that you're, you know, now that you're a dad, you're, you're no longer going to run class five and stuff like that. You're not, you're not going to, you know, do these risky things anymore. And I was still running tons of class five and, you know, running waterfalls and all sorts of cool stuff. And then when my daughter was born, um, then it was like a little bit more of like, oh, okay. Yeah. But more than anything, it's, it's not so much that I don't take risk anymore because I still do, but, but what having children and a family, like I I have to realize that, you know, being married, I I don't want to leave Emily as a widow either, but um, I I don't want to take unnecessary risk. So more than anything, I I try to be very calculated in any of the risk that I do take nowadays. And I want to know, like, if I'm going to run a class five rapid, or if I'm going to run a hard waterfall or anything that, in the process of me scouting it out that I feel, you know, 99% accurate that I'm going to be able to hit this line. And if I don't, I have, I have zero problem walking away that day. I, you know, at one point, I think I, you know, when I was younger and, and earlier on in my career, I was probably a little bit more worried about, you know, maybe what other people think, you know, if I'm walking a rapid or if I'm not going to do this or whatever at this point, you know, one, uh, I've had enough injuries that I know that sometimes walking away is a better idea than not walking away. And two, it's just, I no longer have to try to, um, I'm no longer trying to fulfill anybody else's like, you know, thoughts or of like what I should do. It's like, if I'm going to go run something, I'm going to do it for me. And I'm going to do it if I feel confident that I'm, you know, in the zone in that moment. Uh, And that still happens for me, you know, often. I still like to think that I run, you know, class five a lot, but, um, but yeah, I certainly, I, I try to eliminate the stupid risk that, that I think I did a lot more when I was younger. Um, for sure. Well, and, and you guys, I let's, let's go over some of the details when you guys are looking at shooting down the fall, a uh, falls waterfall or whatever. Um, you guys, you guys spend some time on it to make sure that you get it right. What are some of the things that you guys look at when you're looking at heading over the side. Yeah. So, I mean, if we're, if I'm going to go and scout a waterfall, um, there's a lot of things. If it's like a a waterfall that I've never seen before, like a first descent or something, obviously the first thing that we're looking at is, is the landing. Um, Does it look deep? Is there any hazards down there? Is there logs or, or undercut rocks? Is there anything that I could look at at the bottom below that, that could be a hazard or could be a risk or, or, something that I want to avoid. Once that all looks good and, and there looks like there's a good exit, um, then, I, then I start actually looking at the, the lip of the waterfall, the entrance of the waterfall, the waterfall itself. Like, is there a rock, you know, halfway down that I'm going to maybe clip? Or if the, if the waterfall itself looks clean, I pretty much like work my way, I guess, backwards up through the whole thing. And then, and then I get to the lip and I'm like, okay, the lip looks good. Um, then I look at the entrance. Okay. What are my markers? How am I going to once I'm in my boat, I got to like walk upstream and kind of look like, okay, I want to be a foot to the left of that wave or, you know, two feet to the right of that, uh, that branch that's overhanging over here. So I try to like find those markers so that I can line up exactly where I want to be. Um, and, and I also really, I think a lot of us probably do this, but, but I definitely visualize a lot of like running the waterfall a whole bunch in my mind before I'll ever do it in, in, you know, reality. And one, I think there's some incredible, man, the mind, gosh, I can go deep into that. The mind is an incredible tool and, oh, and yeah. it can't, it can't tell the difference 
your subconscious mind can't tell the difference between, um, you know, imagining something and, and something like a, a real experience. So, but by just kind of running through doing, you know, the activity or running the waterfall in my mind, it's almost like doing practice laps as far yeah. as, you know, what my mind uh, considers. And if I ever like, if I'm running through, cause I try to run through different scenarios too, of like what could possibly happen, this, that, and the other thing. If I start thinking what I call like demons of the mind, um, mm. like bad lines, if I start looking at like things that could go wrong, oh, maybe I get hurt here. Oh, what if this happens? And that, then I start backing out and I'm like, ah, I might not be, I might not be in the right headspace for this right now today. And, and if that happens, then I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll usually walk um, because I start getting this doubt. Um, but I kind of like think of it as this like, yeah, negativity, doubt. Uh, again, I, I kind of call it the demon of the mind or the demons of the mind. But um, but as far as just looking at it, when everything's good and, I, and I'm running it and the lines are going good in my mind, then I'm like, sweet, I've got it. I know exactly where I want to be. I've run through the line. I, I've visualized exactly what it's going to look like. And then I essentially get my boat and go for it. And uh, yeah, that's the the quick, again, the quick version. That's not so quick. Well, and, and that's, that's, a, that's a great segue into this. I mean, you're, you're training your mind to basically say you're training your subconscious mind to basically say, I've been here before I've done this. Mm -hmm. I've seen this. And you know, that's, that's that positive power that you're putting forward. Um, and, and exactly like what you said, I mean, once you start seeing the little chinks in the armor as you're thinking it, that passes by the subconscious thoughts, that's, that's definitely, that's definitely when you've, you've got that kink and you've got to start walking away from it. Yeah. The, again, that, that comes with experience too. Like I didn't listen to those, uh, those thoughts earlier on and, and that's where some injuries and different things like that might happen, uh, over the years, but you know, through experience, you start realizing like you get this gut instinct, you get these like thought patterns or whatever, and you got to kind of listen to what your mind or what your body's telling you sometimes. And I don't know, I, I don't know if it's like, you know, floofy stuff or, but, but it's kind of something that I do where if I get like a, you know, a sickening feeling in my gut, then maybe it's time to walk it. If I start, you know, thinking, you know, bad thoughts or visualizing bad lines, if I visualize a bad line, I pretty much have like a line in the sand where I'm like, if I visualize a bad line, I'm just going to walk it today. Cause I could just, you know, come back and run it tomorrow when I'm in a better, you know, mind space. So yeah, yeah. that's just something that I do. Yeah, for sure. It's, I mean, some of the backpack hunts and stuff we've been on, you know, you start looking at some of the descents on steep grades or if you're having an avalanche shoot on, you know, loose shale, there's definitely, you know, calculated risk. Like you said, you know, is this, a is at the end of the day or the beginning of the day am i fresh or am i exhausted you know where are my legs at am i going to be able to you know take the stress that this is going to you know cause me on the way down or is this is this a big risk you know if, if one wrong move and i'm not stopping until i hit the bottom <laughs> whether i'm on my feet or on my backside or rolling or or whatever yeah. it happens to be so you know the mindset mindset mental fitness plays just as much of a, a role as physical fitness a lot of times and you know, becoming a professional at anything at the level you're at, you know, takes a lot of, a lot of training, you know, off the water as much as it does on the water. Uh, you, what's, what sort of training regimen do you use to keep yourself? You know, I know you're in shape. You like to mountain bike and do some other things. What, uh, what's that look like for you? Yeah. What, oh man. Um, right now I'm doing like this 75 hard program again. So I just started like, I guess a week ago. Um, but 
I don't know. I, I like to go, I like to kind of challenge myself sometimes. So I'll, I'll go through these like ebbs and flows of like what my, you know, so-called workout programs will be. Sometimes, you know, in the past I've done like, you know, a lot of gym hours with, with EJ where we would, you know, pump iron and do stuff like that. I've also done a lot of running during COVID actually. No, probably before COVID. Maybe it was when I started having kids and I needed to go for for a run and get an hour to myself. <laughs> I, I'm not sure, but um, but I got into running in the last couple of years. And so um, I like going for a run. Uh, I, I really like mountain biking. I actually like road biking as well. Pretty honestly, I just like being active. I love anything in the outdoors. If, you know, if we're going hiking, if we're going climbing, um, any sports, so I just, more than anything, I guess I just try to stay active. Um, and then if, if it's winter time, especially, and I'm just naturally a little less active, that's probably when I do a little bit more, you know, so-called workouts. I've got like a, a rower right behind me and a, a Peloton over there as well that I'll, you know, dabble on a couple of times, but more than anything, I, I would rather be outside and just be active instead of just, you know doing like a gym workout or something. Yeah, for sure. Now in that sport, I mean, I know a lot of what we talk about, especially for, you know, longevity and archery and is injury prevention, you know, shoulders, you know, drawing the bow is, is super important and rotator cuff injuries are common. Shoulders are a big deal when you guys are running the paddle and, and talking about, you know, the torque that the current and stuff's putting on you. Do you do anything for injury prevention, try and keep the shoulders healthy or yeah, well, ironically, I do it um, because I've had sh shoulder injuries on both shoulders. Um, yeah, in the end, I guess, uh, like body checking rocks with your shoulders just isn't that healthy um, for them. And so I've separated both of my AC joints um, at least once on each side, maybe maybe twice on one of them. Um, but yeah, I, I found there's a lot of different things that you could do. I mean, you know, you go to a PT or something, they're going to give you your, your exercises and your bands and your weights and workouts. And, and I've done all that with rehab. Um, when I was injured, something that I kind of stumbled upon more than anything was battle ropes, like the big heavy ropes that you kind of like, mm -hmm. you know, throw around ropes, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And so I got into doing that, um, as a, as a way of kind of like keeping my shoulders strong and somewhat like, you yeah. know, and, uh, injury prevention. And so yeah. I guess that would be my one thing that I do for shoulders is, is kind of battle ropes. And, uh, it's also just a, it's a ton of fun and it can be a pretty good workout too. But what, what do you yeah, guys so do with, with bows and stuff? What do you have something that you do for your shoulders? Yeah. Well, I mean, just the battle ropes are a great conditioning tool for you guys. Those are, those are excellent. It's no different than doing cardio for you know, for your legs, whether you're hiking or not. But yeah, as far as, I mean, shoulders, anything it's, it's volume overweight, you know, you got to start slow and, and gradually build. So the, the bands are the perfect thing for that. I do nearly every day, whether I'm doing, you know, a leg and shoulder day and I'm trying to get them warm and, and before I start working into a heavy overhead press or something like that, or if I'm going to do an upper body day and I'm, you know, trying to hit flat bench or rows or, you know, trying to warm up the, you know, the anterior, the lateral and the, the rear delts. So just, you know, a lot of band work, whether I'm doing flies or lateral raises, front raises, internal and external rotation, the, the shoulder and the arm goes a lot of different ways. So the more ways you work it, the more ways you build the strength, the more secure that joint's going to be. So it's, yeah. you were talking about, you know, chucking rocks off the paddle. That's no different than high impact running on your knees, you know? 
it's just the shoulders a lot smaller, a little bit more vulnerable joint. So, yeah. Yeah. You gotta be careful. I wouldn't advise anybody to, you know, <laughs> go shoulder check a rock for sure. What is that weirdness? Yeah. <laughs> you gotta get a little closer to the microphone. It's time. Turn on your Barry, your Barry Manilow filter. Time for the Barry Manilow filter. It's time for five questions with Nick Troutman. With the fans. Just lean on close to the microphone, Nick. Talk a little deeper. Ironically, Chad, I was listening. I was like, man, what is that sound? <laughs> we'll talk about that tomorrow. Um. <laughs> Jason Cassidy from Facebook. On a scale of one to ten, how crazy are most whitewater kayak paddlers? Oh gosh, um, <laughs> how crazy are most? I mean, I think uh, perception is probably that we're all pretty crazy, and maybe we all are. Um, maybe I've just been, uh, you know, stuck in the middle of it for too long. Uh, so I, I'm gonna go with within with a 7.5 just to be a total <laughs> odd number there for you one of those things where if you're in the crowd they don't seem near as crazy if you're somebody outside looking in yeah that's exactly <laughs> it from an outsider looking in they're like man yeah those guys are a weird bunch but uh when you're on the inside you're like oh everybody's pretty normal i don't know like <laughs> what are you talking about question uh, number two uh, Come to you live from YouTube tonight. Nick Brummett. Hey, Nick, how can someone get into whitewater kayaking? You know, I've actually, I've been asked this um, a fair amount. And my best advice for anyone who wants to get into kayaking, um, I, it, I've got two pieces for you. One, find a kayak school. It, 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 I'm talking about whitewater kayaking more than just if you're want to get into wreck boating or something that's a little bit different and a lot easier but if you want to get into whitewater kayaking i strongly advise you guys to go find um a kayak school especially you know one of the one of the top kayak schools in whatever country that you guys are in because learning from you know a skilled instructor is going to be so much better and you're gonna you're gonna skip over a lot of the the hazards and like you learn how to re whitewater you learn how to edge your boat you can actually properly learn how to exit your your kayak and roll the boat there's so many things that i hear these horror stories of people who are like oh yeah my buddy took me kayaking one time never again never oh god i almost died like you're like oh my gosh please like you're not doing us any favors by taking people just out into the backwoods um so if you want to get into it Find a, a kayak school. And my next piece would be, if you really want to get into the sport, I would, again, personally, I would encourage you to go with a friend. Like, find a partner that you want to do it with. This actually works for pretty much anything, I think, in life, is, like, find someone who's also interested in it because then you've got a partner to go do it with. And and they're also, like, a reliability partner in the sense that, like, the days that maybe you don't want to go, they're like, hey, come on, and they, like, drag you to the river or not. And, and then vice versa, you do it with them. So you're naturally going to spend more time going kayaking or doing any activity if you've got like a partner to go do it with. Um, and for me, again, I just, I learned so much more by having Joel, my buddy, um, 
to, to go kayaking with. And so I might work on, you know, as far as freestyle goes, I might work on a different trick than him and he would work on a different trick. And, and then we would both kind of slowly learn it. But then once we learned it, we could teach it to each other way quicker. And so I think that happens too, when you've got like a friend or, or a partner to do it with. So yeah, my best two pieces of advice would be find a kayak school and, and find a friend to, to kind of go learn and do it with. Very good. Very good. Popping up text here on the line. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love your accent. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a question. What's the best run in the 50 states? Oh gosh, the best run in the 50 states? I, I've never been asked that question of all the time. Um, Best run in the 50 states. I was going to say my top three answers are all outside of the states for best runs in the world. So top three or um, best run in the 50 states. There's a lot, man. There's so many incredible rivers in America. Um, gosh, you've really, you've really put me in a spot. I'm thinking, man, Yule Creek over in Colorado. I'll, there's so many creeks in California that are epic. Um yeah, you've got Dinky. Dinky's really fun. Fantasy Falls. Um, the Cherries. Um, gosh. The Americans. I don't know. There's man, I might go with I might go with just the American because there's like so many sections of the American. If I, <laughs> there's like the middle west fork prong of the south fork of the american anyway there's like a, a ton of sections of the american over in, in uh california but it's like honestly every state is a little bit different and has its own unique kind of characteristics to it so the southeast is is really cool um um california is obviously maybe one of my favorites colorado is incredible uh you get i haven't even done that much of the stuff in, in kind of like the the southwest uh new mexico area uh there's a lot of the stuff kind of northwest as well man pacific northwest now that i think about it gosh there's a ton of great stuff over there too i don't know i don't i'm not sure if i could pick one to be honest there's so many moving on <laughs> question number four coming to you tonight live Are you ready for this one? I, I think I'm ready for it. I think I'm ready. Do you think they should do flat water kayak tournaments, events, like they do flat bike events? Oh, wow. That's, uh, that is an interesting question that I've never really quite thought about uh, a whole lot before. Um, and I probably haven't thought about it because... As far as like the the world championship goes in freestyle, uh, you've got like your there's all different classes for like men's, women's, juniors, all that kind of stuff. Um, and C1, uh, OC1, uh, and then there's squirt boating. And squirt boating is kind of like its own thing that that started. It was really like kind of like the evolution of freestyle way back in like the 80s with the small slicey boats. But then they kind of split and went different directions. Um, but ironically, in the squirt boat competition, a lot of people, especially um, more Europeans or, or from Asia or just there's a lot of people that do flat water 
as the squirt boat competition um, because that's a big part of the event even though there's there's the whole mystery move and there's some other stuff in there that kind of confuses me so i always kind of think of squirt boating as like a, a flat water freestyle event um i've never really thought about well what if you take the squirt boating stuff out of it and you just did a flat water event uh yeah that could be interesting for sure it could be kind of cool as far as an event goes i mean i guess uh there's a lot more flat water places that you could host it like you could you know do it in a in a pool somewhere like with a crowd around you or something so i don't know i guess maybe there could be a future in, in that I've, I've honestly never really thought too much before about it but uh but it's a cool idea coming to you 2023 winter the trap my games <laughs> <laughs> Last question, last question, last question. Who's faster at running? You or Will Richardson? Oh, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> so shout outs to Will. Um, I actually I'm sooner than I'm gonna I'm gonna hold myself to this now that we're doing this live and, and this is gonna be recorded. <laughs> Um, that I'm going to, I'm going to interview Will and get him on my podcast. Cause I want to talk with him as well. But, um, but who's faster will actually like trains for running and, and does sprints and track and stuff like that. And so I, I don't know, he, he certainly might be faster than I am. We went for a, a run together this fall on a trail that I, that I run often. And so I, I kind of knew what I was coming up against and, and I guess uh, some of the hills that I was familiar like or knowing that are coming up um, may have kind of got him a little bit. And so I think I beat him on that run, but I, I wouldn't say that I would beat him every run for sure. Uh, I would imagine that there's a lot of places where Will would probably beat me. But but on my feet, I'm actually I'm, I'm decently fast. Ironically, you know who's super fast? Mason Hargrove, who's like the junior world champion, he smokes me every time. Like every time we get together, we're like, okay, we're racing across the parking lot. And man, I keep training so that one day I'm going to beat him. But but so far, he's beaten me every time. I oh, love it. You that was five questions. With you. <laughs> All right, let's get back to the nitty gritty, man. You got a new show. Brand new show has has hit has hit the airwaves. Um, tell us a little bit about the Great Family Adventure, man. Yeah, so that um, that was kind of something like this idea of mine that I've had for for several years, ironically. Um, and I'm great friends with uh, with Ken Whiting and and Brendan Mark from up on the Ottawa River where I grew up. Those guys actually were were super influential uh, when I was getting into the sport. And they they started a, a film and TV and production company called Heliconia. Um, and so I had kind of pitched them on this idea like, hey, what do you think about, you know, going and following like a just doing family adventure stuff? Because after having kids, you know, I started just going and, and doing these awesome, what I thought were, you know, super fun adventures where I was just going out with my family, like even, you know, going and, and hiking um, Sequoia National Park or just doing different things. And I'm like, man, that was actually super cool that I, I originally, I wasn't sure like how fun this was going to be, but I, I want to go do this experience with my kids. And then after the fact, I'm like, man, this is actually super fun. I wonder if there's like other people that would think that's interesting and, and maybe want to be encouraged to go do the same thing. So that was kind of my idea was 
I just wanted to kind of in, encourage other families um, to kind of get out, be active and spend time in the outdoors with their kids and their families. Um, and so, yeah, I kind of pitched those guys on the idea and, and it took some time for sure. And then COVID obviously didn't help, you know, help us uh, anything, but, but eventually, yeah, we got it off the ground and, and we've two of the episodes have aired already. We filmed another two that are going to come out uh, this spring and then we're filming another two uh, later this spring. And then actually, I think in like two weeks, we, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it or not, but, but if we're going to uh, the U.S. team trials, we'll be filming one of the episodes there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's honestly, it's just been a ton of fun and kind of just this, uh, I don't know, idea that I had that, that that I was able to turn into reality, I guess, more than anything. Right on. So uh, so you guys are getting ready to hit the road again. Um, where Where's the road take you guys from here? Man, uh, where doesn't it take us? We're actually we're we're on a bit of a whirlwind tour uh, this this whole year. We leave in actually I leave in two days, and then I'll be back. In I'm gone for four days, and then I'm home for another week and a half, and then I'm gone until kind of like mid October. Uh, so we're about to hit the road for like a, a pretty big chunk of time, uh, traveling around in the trailer and just touring first. I honestly, I'd have to pull up my schedule and, and Emily might even know it better than, than I do. But I think we go, um, we go Oklahoma, Texas, um, West Virginia, Virginia, maybe North Carolina's in there. We kind of go all the way up the East coast, New Hampshire, do a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, eventually go up into Canada. We do Quebec, Ontario, um, then down into New York. Then, then we head west to Colorado, and we're hitting up some different places and and states on the way there. And then after Colorado, it goes. Um, then we'll go up to Idaho. We'll fly over to England for the World Championships. We'll come back. I'll do some teaching in Idaho. Do some North Fork Championships and events over there. Um, and it, yeah, I mean, I guess during this whole the whole thing, we're doing like we're doing some clinics and events and dealer visits and all sorts of fun stuff. And yeah, that brings us to like August yeah. and we'll go back up to Canada and yeah, then it just keeps going. So yeah, lots that's of stuff, a, lots of stuff. That's, that's a great segue into something new that you and Emily are working on and, and doing with everybody. And that is the uh, JK fun tour, the Jackson kayak fun tour. Um, yep. Let's uh, before we check out here, I feel like we definitely need to get a, get that pumped out here and, and tell the people a little bit about what the JKA Fun Tour is. Yeah, so the Fun Tour, I mean, uh, kind of in the name itself, it's just this awesome tour where we're going to travel around. It's not just Emily and I. There's, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of key team members. Um, Dane's doing some events. Clay Wright, Stephen Wright, um, Mason Hargrove again, who's the junior world champion. His family, the the Hargrove Adventures, they're they're doing some stuff. Um, but kind of just going to different Jackson kayak dealers, um, getting together, doing clinics, doing, um, dealer visits, uh, some, some of the different ones we're going to do like barbecues and hangouts, you know, questions. We'll do all sorts of cool stuff. Talk to people about boats, about designs, about freestyle, about creaking, about safety. Um, and, and then also, you know, some of the, some of the locations and stuff, there'll be actual competitions and stuff like that too. So yeah, it's just, it really is kind of like a schedule of all the different stops 
that um, that a whole bunch of our factory team and and definitely Emily and and myself will be a big part of this. I think I don't know if we're taking like the the you know the major part or or the biggest bite of the tour or not, but we're definitely we've got. To, I don't even. There's so many events and stops on the tour that I couldn't even tell you how many. There's could be ten, could be twenty, could be twenty five. I don't I. I don't think it's more than that, but who knows? Literally, like every day, I hear Emily on the phone, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I haven't told Nick yet, but we're going here, here, here yet." So, I, I honestly don't even know exactly where we're all going, but it's gonna be it's gonna be a ton of fun, and uh, I'm pretty excited. And yeah, for anybody out there that wants to join up, um, I think it's actually on the website where it shows. Uh, all the different stops on the fun tour, where we're going to be, uh, the time, the different kind of like what the dealer's hosting again, whether it be like an event, whether it be um, a clinic of some sort, whether it be an in-shop demo, anything like that like that. Um, but yeah, there are all sorts of fun stuff to to be had. So uh, for anybody listening uh, that wants to kind of meet up with us, kind of come have a good time, uh, definitely please come because we're going to be out there and trust me, it's going to be a blast. Yep, absolutely. And I got to take part in one over the weekend uh, with Clay and and it was great. It was great to see the uh, the excitement on the folks' face when uh, the our consumers when they came in and they were uh, they were stoked to see Clay. They learned a lot and you know, they all got to go out on the water and paddle together and it was uh, everybody had a great time and you know, that's that's what it's about. Um, yeah, so to to pull us to pull us just back 360 it's it's exactly what you said you were just in canoe kentucky this weekend and it was a great time and it's because nobody is out there feeling like you know we're not going and and working it's not like we're like going to do this thing or whatever it's like no we're going to paddle we're going to do it because we love it we're going to really just meet and hang out with these people most of these people are like friends that we've met you know on different stops around yep. uh in the past or maybe they're just new faces that we i'm I, like every day i'm meeting new people and i'm just stoked to meet new friends and and build these friendships and and experiences and memories so kind of that whole like back to where we were talking at the start about like just having a passion and, and it not feeling like you're training for it or anything like that. It's the same thing with these, with the fun tour stops. It's just, we're, we're out there to share that passion with others. And uh, yeah, I think, I think it's a ton of fun. And I think both us as the people that are, you know, doing the the stops and doing the, the fun tour experience that passion. But I think everybody who gets to be a part of it uh, likely experiences it as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, we have hit the hour in six minute mark tonight. Tell the people where to learn more about Nick Troutman. Gosh, <laughs> where to learn more about me. Um, I, I actually, I do have a website, Nick Troutman kayak. I don't know when the last time I posted anything on it. So maybe don't go there, but, um, your last but podcast I, I, was up there. I listened to it there. Okay. You're right. Maybe <laughs> I do put my podcast up there. So yeah, check out my podcast. If you want, uh, I do, Actually, I do a bi-weekly, or at least I try to do a bi-weekly podcast, uh, like a podcast twice a week by that is what I mean by bi-weekly. But um, yeah, it's called The Art of Awesome. Check it out if you're interested to uh, in podcasts. I talk with all sorts of different people about all sorts of different stuff. Uh, the whole idea is kind of like the the search to success and and the difference between the average and the awesome. And, you know, we talk health, fitness, uh, athletics, mindset, business, entrepreneurship, pretty much anything that I think is fun and exciting. I'll, I'll talk with somebody about it. Um, 
just did an interview with uh, with a hypnotist. That one's coming out in the future. Super fun. I'll, I'll share that one with you, Chad. But um, but yeah, check out the podcast or check out my Instagram, Nick Troutman Kayak, uh, Facebook, any of the social medias. Um, but more than anything, yeah, if you guys want, uh, come come meet up with me on the fun tour and then let's go for a paddle. It'll be it'll be a good time. All right, Nick. Well, we appreciate awesome. your time tonight, man. Uh, we really yeah. do. Zach and I, uh, we always learn a lot. And, you know, we're going to have you back on. I feel like I feel like there's a competition coming your way. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we're going to we're going to have you back either way. Um, there's there's so many things to talk about. So many other so many other topics we could sit here and probably talk all night and have genuine conversation uh, about several items. Um, but man, the people get tired of us after an hour. So we've been told we have to get off the air. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Well, thank you guys for having me so much. Honored right, to be man. on here and uh, enjoy getting to just uh, sit and talk with you guys. So thanks, Zach. And thanks, Chad. All right, man. Hang out for a minute. Pleasure, We're going to close this thing out and we'll be right with you. There it no, is, man. We'll there. Episode two. Two. In the books. In the, In the books. books. We did it. We didn't burn it down again. My phone didn't ring one time telling me that we was doing a bad job or <laughs> stop. That's always, a, that's always a good sign. <laughs> Man, it's just, just the, like the old, the old cartoons. You get the cane comes inside, says just yanks you off. <laughs> it's just my mom watching. It's just both our moms watching anyway. So don't really matter. Right. No. Um, but yeah, so next, next podcast, next podcast is going to be another good one. We've got another cool guest. Yep. Um, we are looking at March the 8th. Every two weeks. We may change that. We may have to change that. Feels lonely without all our people on here. But uh, March <laughs> 8th, tell them who we got, Zach. Tell them who we got. Uh, my hunting partner. It's Mr. Evan Williams. He uh, he does work with Hoyt Archery over there. Uh, longtime bow hunter. Big mule deer hunter. Kansas boy. Into fitness and hunting you know so that's that's what we do sounds good so evan williams from hoyt archery march 8th 8 p.m eastern we'll be right here the orion the the orion circle we'll be back and we'll be talking <laughs> we'll be talking to evan i was gonna say the orion studio but you're over there and i'm over here and it just didn't work so it's a big it's a big circle it's a <laughs> and Evans in Utah. Evans, and Evans in, Utah. in Utah. So, so That's a long anyway, one. we would like to thank all you guys for watching the Orion podcast. Head over to jacksonadventures.com, click on outdoors, scroll down, find the Orion you like, and don't forget the Orion podcast powered by Jackson Kayak. Thanks for watching. We'll see y'all next time. <laughs>